everyone, welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product teams, brought to you by samelodge.com, the platform for product idea validation. Today we speak with Aditya Rao, who is the lead designer at Yumi. Hey Aditya, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So Aditya, I'm very interested in your background. I, I love design and also since you're a lead designer, I'd love to hear about um, how you got into the industry. Like what was the first thing that kind of made you, you know, consider this as a, a feasible career. Um, and uh, yeah, tell me more, more about Aditya. Who is Aditya and like, how did he get to this point? <laughs> how is Aditya? So growing up, I loved watching a lot of science channels, a lot of art stuff. And I was like, I, I was like that nerdy kid. I loved comics. So that sort of like always had me pivoted towards like a career in like physics or like a bit of arts. I couldn't always decide. And then in one of my high school electives, uh, I was in a wood workshop class. And the professor was like, oh, we're going to go try this new thing called design. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, haven't we already been designing? And he goes, no, like we have this thing called a double diamond approach. So those of you who don't who are listening, a double diamond approach is how you sort of solve design briefs or design problems with a statement. And then you sort of go through a research phase, iteration, figure out who your users are, and then test. Um, mm-hmm. That was like the best that semester was like the best semester I've ever had in terms of design. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. Mm. And fast forward to 2015, uh, I enrolled myself in one of the leading design universities back in India to study product design, but it was like industrial product design. I did four years of that and was like, this is my thing. Like, I'm so glad I got this thing because back in India, we were all like all students. Um, this is like a nugget. Most students go either in the physics, um, engineering space, they either become lawyers or they're like a doctor. That's like the three things they do. Design was never really like a thing anyone would pick. So once I did that, um, I also had the other opportunities through some other internships to do graphic design, service design, experience design. So that was like super interesting to see like how other people operated in the design space. Mm. And that's essentially how I sort of got into design. Oh, wow. Um, Could you talk more about the double diamond approach? The first time I heard it, um, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like how they classify mountains on like a ski range or like a snowboard <laughs> range. Because <laughs> like it, you have a single diamond, double diamonds, like double diamonds, like the fast one. Um, yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> it's essentially like um, the visually the best way to explain it is it's two diamonds placed together side by side. Like mm-hmm. if there's an image on the screen, that'd be great. <laughs> what it does is allows designers to sort of operate with ambiguity when they sort of face any problem statement. So for example, you have, when Uber started, they probably were like thinking about how do we get people to sign up to ride uh, ride share service? So that's like Mm -hmm. the question they start off with. And then you sort of um, expand on that question to sort of like diverge. So it's like a divergent statement. Hence, when the diamond sort of gets bigger, think about how do you research, what sort of factors you have to consider, who are your like core user set, but also like your other user demographics that you could possibly consider. And then once that happens more or less for like a few weeks, depending on your whole project pipeline, um, depends if it's a short sprint or a long term sort of like projects uh, requirement. And then you move, proceed to a convergence state where you sort of figure out the insights you get from your user, your experiments, your other sort of research uh, from secondary and primary sources. Um, and then sort of that unifies your like, oh, we need to build this. That's ex- essentially what comes to like the center of the diamond. And then you sort of build out a lot of prototypes 
break them, rebuild them, test, test, test. This is where you get and refine your own design through and through. And that's essentially the design process. That's when you end at another convergence state where you're like, okay, this is done. This is like in a good spot. Um, let's roll it out. And that's when you have rollout uh, pipelines. You sort of have vendors. You give it to the market. That's essentially a design double diamond approach. Awesome. So uh, f- for those who don't know, um, uh, what what is Yumi? What is Yumi? That's a very good question. That's the first question I also had when I when I spoke to the co-founders of Yumi. So Yumi essentially is a a Cornell-led startup based in Ithaca. Um, it's a student-led startup. We're all um, students, and we're building um, the next generation physical therapy uh, software. It uses motion tracking to sort of uh, map the skeletal structure and your joints, uh, allowing sort of any patient ranging from like someone from ages 10 to 70 and above to sort of do their physical therapy exercises in a gamified exercise experience. So through game experiences, you'd sort of figure out um, what parts of your body you're supposed to exercise based on your physical therapy's recommendations. And we're right, right now building Yumi from the ground up, trying to figure out what exercise to put it in, who's our user base, how we're going to test this, um, and get clearances, obviously, because it's in the, in the mega healthcare and medical space. There's a lot, like a lot of obstacles you have to jump, but yeah, it's been great. Oh wow! So, so how? The first question I have after this is like, how do you gamify the um the the physiotherapy kind of experience? Like, how how is that? Like, how do you do it? How do I um you? We have the software that allows you to sort of um interact with the digital spaces um through a camera system. Um, what that does means is if you are standing in a specific posture and you, for example, have to do a bicep curl, uh, anyone's done a bicep curl, a gamified experience with that would be like, you could play Pong. Do you remember the very old retro Pong game? Yeah. Um, you could essentially lift your arm and essentially control the paddle on screen Um, and then gamify that entire experience. You're essentially playing against yourself. So it sort of makes it more interesting and Gamified experiences bring in reward feedback system that allows you to sort of like uh, get more in tuned and more involved in the gamified experience and hence you sort of start exercising a bit more. We've had some studies that show um, people of all age groups enjoy a bit more gamified experience settings. Hence you have a lot of companies that are sort of going into that space now. And yeah, that's that's essentially how you would exercise through a game. Oh wow! Yes, I, we've, I've seen like how um, gamification has have changed uh, many industries, like finance um, and also education. You know, and uh, those companies have won; they've, they've grown so quickly uh, because people have associated that um, that feedback and that reward system with you know learning, and it's like it's made that entire experience <clears throat> a bit more fun, um, a bit more engaging, which is it kind of leads to better retention and um, a better experience. So yeah. I'm really interested and like very excited to see you guys conquer um this this industry um it's a very so much yeah we're working we'll keep everyone posted when when and where we have any progress <laughs> so yeah awesome so so what is what is it like being the lead designer at yumi it's interesting it's a very new experience so far it's exciting i am more or less responsible about on the uh on two fronts i am a lead designer for like a younger sort of uh design team uh, I have to sort of figure out how to mentor them and guide them to sort of figure out what skills they want to develop in their sort of career as well and mm-hmm. orient that towards uh, business practices in terms of like how do we unify their skills and the product 
overall requirements. And then I'm also sort of, I mean, I'm essentially working with the top management um, in defining product uh, features, um, like how how is the game fun experience going to look like? Who is our user? How will we test this? Uh, um, and then figure out rollout options. Like uh, we have multiple sort of game experiences we're thinking about. Uh, what settings will they work best in and how do we have like a non-specific um, settings? So like hospital settings, non-hospital settings, um, defining that essentially like I'm, have, I am I am a lead designer, but my hands are in many different parts. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm essentially doing many things at once. So yeah. And, and, and being a lead designer, I'm pretty sure experimentation kind of comes into play with all like, oh, for sure. And like what experiences to design and what things to do next. Like how, how's that process for you there? In the current scenario right now, we're still essentially trying to figure out who do we speak to in that specific user demographic. So once uh, that requires a lot of understanding who a user is and user is, since it's a gamified experience, we have a subset and a huge set of uh, a varied user variety that we can talk to. And essentially identifying who we could speak to is one a very crucial and quite a difficult aspect to sort of uh, go through. Um, and then obviously then you sort of build the mockup or the prop of the design that sort of can be easily made and it works as like a looped system. So you can essentially test various features of the game. So for example, like how quick the elements are moving on the screen, how's the color like is the are you getting confused and navigating this experience? Um, this is these are just test things that you can figure out uh, um, and essentially our plan is to figure out doing this thing called A-B testing where you compare two different sort of features of a similar sort of pipeline of a product essentially trying to figure out which one's the best uh, in terms of experience and execution and prior to that there have been other sort of experiences where we have to figure out how do we define the product feature so do people like playing Paul what is the most popular game that's happening with uh, ages 70 and above um, trying to find that experience uh, and then sort of defining that design is also like another way we use um, experimentation and understanding how others have done it so that we can learn off of them so mm -hmm. yeah uh, what experiences have you or what lessons i would say have you learned over over the years that you've um, been a designer and uh, how have you taken like your influences from industrial design and, and everything else you've been involved with? Uh, I've I've always been like when I back back when I was an industrial designer, I thought that was it. I was that's me, and I will wear this particular hat, and I will never take it off. That's me. Um, but then, as the years went on, and I became and had my sort of like experiences broadened in graphic in. UI, UX, um, UX writing, just like a lot of that, even research, for example, I've realized I have to be more open in terms of um, shifting my hats. So some of the lessons that I've learned is essentially that the kind of assumptions that we make as designers, we need to shed that when we come to users because um, more often there are no people, no two people think alike. It's very, um, and we need to be very wary of how we need to gather that kind of um, data from these people who are going to make this product work. Um, people tend to forget or more or less, um, I think it's just in my personal experience, we tend to forget that we build, we're building things for other people. Um, and the less of us that is being embedded in the product. So it's like, it feels so 
like when you own something it's like yours but then you have to also be ready to let go of it um once we sort of distinguish that difference between it's not for you it's never about you um i think that's when you realize that you really tap into a potential of really developing your designs and your product for people who will actually like to use it for a long time mm. yeah. uh, so I'll, i'll contrast that with like some of the most challenging things that you do uh, on a daily basis so let's talk about that like what challenging things do you do do you do on a daily basis professionally trying to figure out how do i leverage um my team's skills uh with what they actually like so mm. for example um this is something i i've realized now and i sympathize with my ex uh managers <laughs> who i've worked with um people love doing something that they're generally not good at more more often than not um they might have more interest towards one aspect but we're and they're known and or more or less hired or employed for a specific skill set which they're very good at but they might not like doing so how do you leverage that interest versus skill and aligning that with the company's goal and the product's vision because uh more often than not what they might end up liking is not essentially something we might need them to do for the product because they're very good at x versus doing y so trying to leverage that is a quite a challenging aspect and also like trying to convince them also like how do we work with people um is one another thing i think most designers always face this issue is trying to find the right way to test your product mm-hmm. um how do you conduct your research what's the sample size you want how fast you want this data because once you go into whole research mode you are essentially not designing hence you're not working often so it's not very productive in that regard so how do we figure out getting how do we validate this data that we get um how do we know that this data is true for the future also that will stay true mm-hmm. um and how do we know who we're speaking to will is actually like not for not just lying to us like how honest are we getting our data from um th- those are like certain just general sort of like i concerns that you have to deal with how those are listed big challenges um people in microsoon have to probably deal with um so yeah like how do we how do you tackle this awesome yeah and uh this is my last question here yeah uh, so i ask everyone who comes on the show this and everyone has like different responses and like it's it's my i think my most fun question to ask and the question is like what's one weakness that you've turned into your strength oh i've been asked this before too um it doesn't change often it's the inability to let go of a past project mm. um when i have had very short form uh, experiences uh and my project sp- scopes have always been like 2 months 4 months like very quick 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 rapid successions and letting go of something that is uh sort of done so like projects never are 100% complete they're until they're in the market and done um and i always find a way to go back and be like i think this element needs to be here i think we need to tweak this color and i hate doing that because um you never can let go and it sort of really affects the performance and the productivity for the next project you're doing um so what i do now is um uh, i literally bring that frustration towards this product so i start making it what it is supposed to look like even sooner so like i ensure i'm always building the best thing i can when i move forward with any other project so it makes it a bit easier to let go like um with that regard thinking like okay i can i know i did my best i can let go so that's essentially like something i i've it's it's a constant battle i have to constantly work on it but yeah <laughs> that's something i've changed 
Yes, I, I completely agree. Like sometimes <laughs> designer, you know, like you, you always want things to be perfect, but yeah. sometimes you just gotta like, as you said, let things go. Yeah. Um, so Aditya, thank you so much for your time today. I loved listening to your story. Thank you so much. You guys do at Yumi and I'm um, looking forward to hearing this episode with our audience. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, signing off. Awesome. And uh, thank you for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch, please follow us on LinkedIn or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now for more episodes. Take care. <laughs>